This is episode three of Craftsman Coding Podcast. This is Everett, Fireproof Socks, your host. We had a change of topic today. We'll get back to the business of development next week. Uh, today, we're going to talk about package development, specifically using Repo Man, which is a tool that I wrote for ModX Revolution. And I'll compare this to WordPress package development. Uh, typically, what you're doing is you're versioning your code as you're, t- as you're tooling on it on your local development environment, building your plugin, your extra, getting it to work, and then pushing it up and out to the masses. And the way that ModX has done this is historically it's been pretty problematic in my opinion. Um, ModX isn't tied to Git or Subversion. It just needs a transport package to distribute your extra. And the problem that I've had is uh, because ModX has all these configurable settings, you can store assets in one directory and your core PHP code in another. And those can be very different places when they get installed. So doing version control on that type of directory structure is difficult because you're dealing with two disparate directories. And actually, Git doesn't do this at all. It doesn't do partial commits. Subversion could do this, and you could track one directory separate in a separate location and track another directory in an entirely different location. But that's really that's that's hard to, to manage as a developer. So what Repo Man does is it it's a composer extension. So you can take advantage of composer and packages and finally utilize third-party code and reuse it. And it defines a directory structure for your ModX extras. So you can have assets in one directory, have your core code and other your elements and, and, and database migrations, all this in a defined directory that you version control. So that makes it very easy to, to host these things on Git and not have to worry about uh, sewing these things back together as you develop. The other thing that Repo Man does uh, is less obvious to maybe a WordPress crowd is it integrates with the ModX database. So one of the things that really is confusing for ModX newcomers is that it stores code and templates and chunks in the database. The newer versions, you don't have to do that. You can fall over to a to a file-based lookup. Uh, but by default, all those items have at least a stub in the database. So that makes it very difficult to do version control because you're typically only controlling files. So Repo Man has tools. It's a command line utility, right? So it has tools to go ahead and pull in any files in that directory structure and make sure that ModX has a database record pointing to those instances. And it tries to do that as transparently as possible so that if you are creating a new snippet or a new chunk, you just create it in the right place and Repo Man will pick up the, the pieces for you. So that makes it much easier to do development. Um, the other thing that Repo Man does is it will create a ModX transport package. So as I mentioned before, this is the format that ModX uses to distribute extras. And the trick with it is that it's kind of a pain to create. And I may be stepping on some toes there, but the idea is great because you've, you've got a format of a file that can have anything in it, any ModX object or any file can be put into this transport package and you can install that on any server running ModX. And what that does for you is it gives you a nice modular way to distribute uh, code, files, anything, right? But the problem is creating that file format. 
The documentation has in the past been a little bit rough, I would say. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm passionate about good documentation. And, and just some of the work that you had to do to get your files into that format it was really a, a high hurdle, a steep learning curve for the developers. It, it's hard enough to write your plugin, your extra, and then to have to jump through this last flaming hoop to get that packaged into a specialized format. It just really put a barrier to entry on ModX development. So I think that that alone is to blame for some of the lack of ModX innovation in the third-party community because it was such a pain to get things packaged that often developers wouldn't bother. They would just keep their own little copies of these files and install them as needed. So with Repo Man, if you follow the conventions of, of storing everything in the in the folder structure that it outlines, you just use one command, repo man build, and it will create a modx transport package for you that then you can install in any other modx instance. So it tries to bypass that whole headache of creating the modx transport package. Now, a larger discussion here is is regarding the future of package management in ModX because I'm not a fan of, of the package manager that it's, that it's using. I feel like it was ahead of its time when it first was written, but because Composer came on the scene and Packagist, and that handles this very issue in a way that I, f I feel it's been, whether it's right or wrong, it's been widely adopted. So it makes my sense to cast lots with that particular software. So what I would like to see is in the next version of Repo Man, instead of versioning one package this way, is instead you would have a, a composer.json file to control all of your dependencies for all your ModX packages. So you would just edit that one thing and add a new ModX package into your composer.json, update composer, and it would pull in all those third-party packages from all the ModX developers and install those right into your ModX installation. That That's the first milestone for me. Um, currently, with uh, Repo Man version 1, is you can have your regular ModX uh, component manager running, pulling in packages in the transport package format, and then you could have, in addition to that, a Repo Man package, and you would install that using Git. So you would clone a package and then install it using Repo Man. So that works pretty well, if you're hanging with me here. However, the, the problem is if you're having two composer.json files on a site, you can run into problems with dependencies. So say you've got one component that you've written that references a third-party package. Say it's a pagination library. And then say you've got another modx package that you're developing using Repo Man, and it also references that same library. Well, what if they're using different versions of that library? Well, you can run into a conflict that Composer didn't resolve because it's essentially got two root composer.json files, and that really confuses the autoloader. So if that confuses you, um, it's, it's kind of off into the deep end of Composer. And a Composer I like a lot. It, it just it doesn't describe exactly what it's doing all the time because some of the guys who made it, I think, are maybe too smart to explain to the the plebeians out there such as myself trying to understand what it's doing um, after the fact but you've got you have one composer.json to rule them all in theory the, the root is what they call that and that that handles all the dependencies but in 
repo man version one, you essentially have a root composer.json for each package that you're developing. Usually it's not a problem. However, I've seen that come up from time to time. So how does WordPress handle this? Uh, it's a lot simpler, as, as you may have guessed. If you haven't uh, taken a look at, at the recent book I authored, ModX and WordPress, it's comparing and contrasting the two systems. And with WordPress plugins, all that it's doing is looking into a directory, it's WP Content Plugins, and it's scanning that directory for any file that uses a special comment header. And, and the header needs to have a couple things in it so that it will show up on WordPress's radar. But once it shows up on the radar, you can select the file and that file will be included. So it's just literally an editable inclusion list is kind of how you can look at the, the plugin list. What, what the file does after it's been included, that's up to the particular plugin. But at its heart, it's just editing a, a, an include list for that site. And the benefit of this is, is uh, you can control all that stuff in one directory. WordPress doesn't have configurable directories, so all of its assets can, in fact, live inside that plugins directory that is web accessible. Not ideal to do it that way because it can be a security liability, but it's easier to version control that way. The downside, in, in some people's opinion, is that WordPress relies on subversion. So if you're familiar with Git, subversion can feel like a bit of a jolt. It might feel a little bit like a step backwards. But for all intents and purposes, it's doing the same thing. It's just, in my experience, subversion is a little bit rougher around the edges. In particular, when it comes to accidentally deleting a file, for example, Git is a lot better at, at recovering from errors or figuring out what you had done, whereas Subversion might just completely shut down and you have to sort of do some drastic measures to get your, uh, your working copy back online. But at the end of the day, you've basically got that one file that you, or that one directory that you version control, make your edits, and you push them up to your Subversion repository, which is hosted by WordPress, unless uh, you've done it some other way. And then when you're ready to release, you just update your readme.txt, and you would specify the stable version. So here's a bit of a rant. If, if you're a ModX guy and you're looking at doing a WordPress plugin, um, you can read up on how to, how to overcome the subversion deficiencies in your in your knowledge, but the, the thing that drives me crazy about the WordPress structure here is it depends on that readme.txt. So if you update that line in that file, the stable tag, that should point to an actual directory in your subversion repository, slash tags, slash the name of your version. It has to be just digits, valid version, no, no letters can be in there that throws it off. But the whole thing is kind of ludicrous to me that it was structured this way. It would, be, it would have been better to have a dedicated branch that was the production branch saying, look, this is what gets packaged at all times and I don't care what your readme or what any other files say, like this is what gets packaged. Instead, WordPress is looking at that particular file in your repository and then from there it goes over to a, another folder in your repository, in the tags folder. So what happens, and I've seen this happen a lot, is if that's pointing to a, a directory that doesn't exist, or maybe you have an invalid version number, or maybe you've committed things before you've moved 
the folder over is WordPress will by default just package up the head, the trunk. And if that's an unstable branch, you can have a lot of unhappy users because all of a sudden they'll get uh, notified that there's a new version of the plugin. They'll download it and it's really your, your head, your, your trunk, and it's not stable. So ugh, that I hope you followed how crazily that is constructed, in my opinion. Um, the ModX way of dealing with this is it doesn't deal with the version control at all. It just you log in to the site and you select your transport package and upload it, and that becomes the new version. You just tag it right then and there. So it kind of doesn't even have that problem because it doesn't ever deal with those particular issues of, of integrating directly with the version control system. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, what I would like to see, and this is sort of a call to listeners here, is is uh, better documentation in the plugins and maybe better discussion as far as what should or could be built. I think there there is a big need for certain uh, functionality on ModX sites, and I know for a fact that that sometimes people are reinventing the same wheel over and over again. And, and my hope is that with Repo Man, it becomes easier to get projects out the door. Maybe if you haven't ever authored a package before, that using a tool such as Repo Man, you can author that, edit it, and get your code and share it with the rest of us. And in that same vein, I would love to see more participation in existing plugins. So in the past, there, there are a certain uh, number of plugins and, and snippets that are so widely used by the ModX community that they could merit inclusion in the core, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, they live independently. And those might be things like Wayfinder, Get Resources, Formit. Those are probably the big three. However, if you need to push a, a commit or a change to those built-in packages, it's tough because of how those transport packages get built and because it's difficult to install that code that you're working on on a site. It's easy to install it, tweak the code, but then it's hard to version it. So what I, what I had done in the past, and this is part of the, the reason I wrote Repo Man, was like, so let's say I needed to fix something in uh, Formit, for example. So I would install the, the code and test my changes by editing the code either in the database that was the PHP code, or maybe it was a file, and I could make my changes. I'd have to keep careful notes of which files I had changed, and then I'd go over to a completely separate directory, clone the repo for that package. Let's say it's format. I'd clone the repository to some totally unrelated directory, and then I'd go through and go through my notes and say, okay, I edited this file. I'm going to copy my local file over to this and replace the file in this clone I just made and go make all my changes, apply them to that other directory. And then I would commit the changes and push them from there. I mean, it's a bit nuts. Like there's no way of really, there's just too many ways that you could screw that up. Maybe I deleted the wrong file. Maybe there was a, a file that was a similar name and I overwrote it with my changes. So just the, the possibilities for, for error there are just enormous. So with Repo Man, I can actually clone directly into ModX and work on those files inside ModX, and I can see immediately whether or not those are working. 
So that alone makes it much easier to work on these projects. So all of my uh, contributions to ModX after writing RepoMan have been using RepoMan. I still have a couple plugins that are out there that are not uh, converted. But my hope is that uh, as documentation improves and I can uh, finally tackle the issue of snippet parameters, or not parameters, property sets, excuse me, and demonstrate how that's done, it will be relatively easy to convert existing ModX packages into the RepoMan format. And just to let you know why, where I'm going with this is I want to author a composer package type that is a ModX package. And so that defines to the world that this is meant for ModX and we uh, could have a spec, and I have this up on the RepoMan wiki, of what that package needs to look like, what directories need to be there, uh, what files need to be there. All, all those things can be defined. And then RepoMan could be one of, of many uh, translators that would take that file structure and convert it into something ModX could understand and recognize. And right now, the only thing that's doing that is RepoMan because I wrote it, but it's, it's theoretically possible that you could have any type of adapter to handle that particular package format. Why do we want to do this? Because it's, that's just the way things are going. Uh, doing packages with, uh, with, with Packagist and Composer makes a lot of sense. You're, you're tying into a lot of other people's work. You're not having to reinvent wheels and you don't have to duplicate code. Because if we can have ModX itself as a dependency even, this would be like thinking far ahead, is you'd have almost like a, a, a shell that would have the bare bones that you need to run a site and a composer.json and you could list your dependencies there. So one of the things I, I envisioned, and this would be for the future versions of ModX in my mind, is you could say, okay, uh, to, to run ModX, I might need a, a manager. So you could download a manager package. I could download a, a front-end package, a permissions package, a user package, whatever it is. You could list all those out as dependencies in your composer.json, pull them all in, and instantly have your ModX site. And because you're listing everything as dependencies, you could, in theory, swap those out. So, for example, the ModX manager now, it's dependent on ext.js. Well, what if you had another version of the manager that you wanted to publish? Well, great. If it's done as a dependency, it becomes very easy to swap that out as long as your, your contract, your interfaces, all that don't change. You could, in theory, have multiple components that you could interchange with that, that one. So that, that's my mindset on, on where this could go. Um, I realize that there are some other uh, ModX packages out there and some pushes to, to use more of Git. So I know there's Gitify that's out there that, that's uh, attempting to get uh, your ModX installs into Git so you can install them. Uh, and that, that's sort of ModX as a whole. It's not dealing with ind independent package development. But I, I see the potential for some overlap there. Because on the whole, if you, if you take a step back, uh, Git is awesome, or any version control really, it just saves so many problems. And, and this gets back to one of the, the topics that is confusing perhaps to newcomers, but it, it's a fertile one. And it's, it's about the CMS paradigm. So a content management system as a paradigm. It, it's a web app tied to a database. And... WordPress, Drupal, Joomla, whatever. There's a million of these applications 
that follow this pattern. And as well as they may work or not work, the limitation or one of the pain points is syncing that database with the files. So you can get in a lot of trouble if you're versioning your files, something like Git, but then your database does not agree with those files. If for whatever reason they're out of sync, there's some changes in the database that the files on the file system aren't aware of, that's where you get into trouble. So anybody who's migrated to site is familiar with this because in general, it doesn't matter if you're using WordPress, ModX, or Joomla, or whatever, in general, you're going to go onto the server, you're going to dump a copy of the database, and you're going to zip up all the files. And with those two items in hand, you can redeploy to another server. You have the database dump and the files. The thought is... that what if you could eliminate the database? Well, then it, you could do your deployments entirely with Git. You wouldn't have to grab the database. And that may not seem like such a big deal, but consider this, if you've ever been in, in a situation where this happens. And, and I had a client out here that this was a really big issue for. They were running ModX Evolution, and due to contractual obligations, they had a very detailed development environment set up. So they had their production environment, and that was running, um, it was running like games and contests and a blog. And the database was just getting hammered with new information all the time. Because if they have a lot of users logging into that site and updating their scores or buying things with, with the points they earned in the games or making comments on stories, all, that, all that's representing new data in the database. But then when they go off to develop, at best case scenarios, they're going to take a snapshot of the d- database move it over to the development environment, and then update their changes. But at that point, they don't no longer have the updated information that would be streaming into the production environment. So when it came time to push their changes from the development environment back into production, they were screwed. You can't add chunks and pages and all these things to the development environment and then come back to the production environment and expect it to work because you're going to run into problems at the very least with page IDs. So if you've got 10 new pages on production and say back on development, you only added one page, well then your page number one, two, three has nothing to do with the page one, two, three that's in production. So instantly that became a huge headache. And, and, and the code was a nightmare, by the way, that try to work around this. Uh, you would have like snippets that would say uh, if page ID equals one, two, three, or four, five, six, then do this. And it was trying to compensate for the two different page IDs that would be present in the two environments. A nightmare, total nightmare. And I tried to convince them that, hey, this, I, I understand your intentions here to have the development environment, but this is a case where it's actually costing you a lot of time because auditing the site and trying to weed those out it just doesn't work. And, and by the way, this would be a problem no matter what the system was. It wouldn't matter if it was ModX or WordPress or Drupal or whatever. It's just having different databases in different environments is a very difficult problem to solve. It's, and, and syncing those, really hard. Whereas if you had a flat file system like Git would support, you could version control all of your content. And if there is a conflict, Git and other systems would help you manage those merges. It'd say, oh, well, this came in on the live server in production, and this is what you changed in development. We flagged this as a conflict, and how are you going to merge it? 
great. Well, you can go through that and edit that. It may not be fun, but it's not hard. You just go through and, and edit your changes and push the merge together and off you go. So the CMS paradigm, I feel like, has limitations there. And, and the whole business of having development environments for these database-centric applications, that, that is a tricky one. So Repo Man doesn't really solve that, and, and nor do these other uh, alternatives out there. But it, it's one to look at. And I think more and more as, uh, as content management becomes a, a bigger thing for uh, blogs and websites, we're going to see more and more solutions to this problem because it's not going to go away. I mentioned in the book, this is the uh, ModX and WordPress side-by-side book, dealt with how to structure your ModX site for a blog because that's, that's something ModX traditionally um, hasn't done right out of the box. Uh, it has the articles extra, which solves that problem. And uh, unfortunately, it creates other problems. So it, it's not been a clean solution for the ModXers wanting a, a quick and easy blog. No question WordPress has done that better. It, it, WordPress has, I think, far and away defined what a blog is and what a blog does. So the, the attempts to make ModX learn those same tricks, it can do all that. It just takes, unfortunately, more configuration and time than, than some users are looking for. But if you take a step back, consider this whole idea of, of versioning your functionality or versioning your, your content and functionality separately. And what I mean by that is what if you have a separate server somewhere where you are doing all of your, your bloggy stuff, including content including comments, uh, permalinks, sharing, whatever it is, that's like a fast-moving area. And it would make sense to me as a developer to isolate that from the core functionality of the website. And what that might look like, and this is something that I'm very interested in as an ongoing topic, is getting a service. So if you have something, even if something is as simple as like Blogspot, you know, one of these neglected uh, blogging platforms that it seems like aren't, aren't used very much, but they're perfectly functional. You could put all your content into something like that, and then on your ModX site or whatever application it is that you're using, you could slurp in that content, sort of like an RSS feed, pull it in and display it. And then your site, it's, it's just functionality. How often would you need to update that functionality that showed the content of an RSS feed. Not very often. It's doing the same thing. You wouldn't need to add much to it. And you would focus on everything uh, in that blog platform, whatever it was. If you want, if you want to hook it up to your Instagram account or uh, some other service, you would do all your content writing away from the site. And, and that's a, that is a good tactic the more I look at this. And, and I mentioned this article before, but the, the guys who did the whitehouse.gov site eventually moved to that model where the, the core site stayed essentially static. And then these content additions got booted off. Like they, they were set up basically as a third party service. And so the site would just be aggregating those services. So that's something to think about as, as we talk about Git and versioning and the future of ModX, WordPress, and any content manager is how do you scale? How do you merge these changes and deal with uh, security, scalability, and all these things and leverage the power of a tool like Git. And 
the more and more you look at that, the more you see that uh, a static solution is not such a bad idea. It seems a little bit crazy to say that in, in the day and age that we live in, but having that, that static core can really cover a lot of the bases. And you're abstracting all of your dynamic stuff to third-party services, to web services. So anyway, that, that was a long tangent from the repo man start, but uh, that's the, the topic of the day. Again, apologize that we didn't get the attorney in here on the mic, but uh, he's agreed to, to come in at a later date. So we'll talk more about the business of development and in particular talking about contracts and yeah, what to do if you get into trouble with a client or a developer and what sorts of things you should be doing for yourself and for your business to immune or reduce the risk for some of these things that may come up. So that's the podcast for today. Hope you guys have a good holiday and we'll catch you on the other side.